0: it's good to be in God's house. Uh, If you have your Bibles, you can turn to the book of 1 John. Uh, For those of you taking notes, if you like titles, uh, the title this morning is, I Want to Know What Love Is. How many of you kept singing it? Right? Come on. I don't know why the Lord speaks to me in song titles. It's just a gift. Um, How many of you are going to have foreigners stuck in your brain the rest of the day? Right? I want to know what love is. Sigmund Freud was once quoted as saying, one is very crazy when in love. One is very crazy when in love. How many of you, by a show of hands, we got to have a moment of honesty, a moment of humility. How many of you have ever done something crazy in the name of love? Okay, the rest of you are sinners and liars in the hands of God's rat. No, I'm just kidding. Right, we've all done something a little bit crazy. I know for me, I've done, love is, you know, does some crazy things. Uh, In my day, I love when I get to say in my day, that makes me seem ancient. Um, But in my day, kids, before smartphones, uh, we had these cellular devices. There weren't 77 carriers. You just had one. And uh, there was no text messaging. You could just call on them. And uh, so I had this cool flip phone, right? And uh, back in the day, uh, you had to wait until a certain time and then it was free, So like after eight, how many know what I'm talking about? Like after eight or nine o'clock, you could make calls and they were free. And so uh, I was dating my wife at the time and I had this cool cell phone and it was free after like eight or nine o'clock. I think it was nine. And um, but how many know that when you're in love, you don't wait until nine o'clock, right? You just got to talk all the time. And um, there was this one month where I get my cell phone bill, and uh, it, it caught me off guard a little bit um, because I only had one device and there was no internet. Um, it was just to make phone calls, and my bill broke $300 in one month. The crazy thing about that is I think half of it was just listening to her breathe. How I many of you don't want to talk like, no, you get off the phone. No, you say I love you. No, I love you. No, you hang up first, right? Don't say you didn't do it, right? You did it too. Actually, if you're still doing it, that means you're in love, and that's, that's a good thing, right? Um, but I remember paying that $300 bill, and I was like, it's no big deal. I I'd to pay $500 just to hear her voice, right? That's, I was in love. I'm still in love. 25, almost 25 years later of marriage, and I'm, I'm still listening to her breathe, okay? It just, she's still listening to me. It just sounds different. It sounds like this, right? Just a different noise. But I remember there was this, um, this moment. She was living in the same town as me in North Ridgeville, Ohio, um, And she moved back to Medina. And so I was living in North Ridgeville. I was working in Bedford Heights and she was living in Medina. So I'd get up at 530 in the morning, get ready to go to work. I would drive about 90 miles an hour to work because I was that guy who was always late. And I would get to work. So I'd drive from North Ridgeville to Bedford Heights. From Bedford Heights, I would get off work. I would drive to Medina. And then once I would seen her for an hour or two, I would drive from Medina back to North Ridgeville. And I would do that every day. And it didn't matter. I drive six hours. It's all good. I, I, there was a why, because, because love will make you do some crazy things, right? Well, love will make you do some crazy things. But I wonder, have we lost that sense of love? Right? Have, we, have we lost that? And I wonder this morning if we could figure out how do, we, how do we go back? How do we reclaim that kind of love? And over the past two weeks, Pastor Angel and Pastor Anthony, they've been talking about what's called the attributes of God. Right, and we're going to talk about another attribute. attribute an attribute of God is his character. Right? When you, you begin to look in Scripture and you see that God is revealed in a particular way for his character, that would be his attribute. So, for instance, uh, Pastor Angel talked about him being Lord. Right? That's an attribute. Uh, Pastor Anthony talked about uh, justice and mercy. Right last week, and so what? Those are attributes of God. We we could see that God is good. We could see that He's eternal. We could see that God is holy. We could see that God is gracious. Uh, Then we see big words like He's immutable, which means He's never changing. He's omnipresent, which means He's everywhere. He's omnipotent, which means He's all powerful, and He's omniscient, which means He's all knowing. So these are all attributes of God. And the attribute that I get to talk about this morning is God being love. God is love. The entire message of Christmas, Easter, God the Father, Jesus the Son, the cross can all be summed up in one word, and that is love. Authentic, genuine love. And so if you have your Bibles, you could turn to the book, uh, 1 John chapter 4, and we're going to be getting there in just a moment. And we're going to be unpacking this whole concept of love. See, for us, we use the word love and we use it loosely. How many know you say things like, I love my, and then you fill in the blank? Like, I love ice cream. I love the Cleveland Browns because they're the best team in the NFL. Uh, whether you disagree with me or not doesn't really matter. I have the microphone and you don't. But I love, and you can say, I love my wife. I love my kids. I love. We have one word that describes love. But, but in the original language, in the Greek, they had many words that described love. They had the, they had the word eros, which is a, a romantic or a, a sexual love. And there's kids in the room, so we'll just leave it at that. That's a whole different sermon. They had a, a, a storge, which is an affection That's a a love that you would have uh, for a brother or sister. There was a love called phileo, which is a friendship, which you may have with someone in the room you're friends with, and so you you love them. But then there's an agape, right? That's an unconditional love. It's the highest form of love. It's a self-sacrificing love. It's a love that moves people to action uh, to put the well-being of others before themselves. It's a sacrificial kind of love. It's the way that God loves us. It's an agape unconditional. It's it's, it's a love that we can't fathom or understand. And that's the kind of love that I want to talk about today. I don't want to talk about an imitation kind of love. How many know what I'm talking about with imitation? How many of you have ever had fresh steamed crab legs? Well, it's almost lunch. Come on. How many of you have ever had imitation crab meat? How many know there's a big difference? One tastes amazing. You put a little butter and it's like, "Mm," in your mouth, the other tastes like rubber bands, right? There's a difference between the two, between the real thing and an imitation. I remember a number of years ago, uh, we were in New York City for a mission strip, which uh, here in just a few weeks, uh, a team from Radiant Life Church, I think it's a little over 20, is going to be heading to, to New York City uh, with NISOM to partner on a mission trip. where well, they'll be in boys and girls' homes, uh, they'll be in soup kitchens. Uh, I think they run, I, I don't know if Pastor Angel informed those of you that are going, it's like from 7 a.m. till 1 a.m. Uh, so you, you'll be a little busy, I'm just saying. But you'll have an opportunity to what love on people. Well, while we were there, um, we had a chance, just a, a little moment of downtime, where we went to Chinatown. Great experience, right? We sat down, restaurant, had, had wonderful lunch, and it was great. And on our way out, there's tons of shops. So we went into some of the shops, and they all had bags, and some of them had uh, purses, right? And uh, they, they had some coach purses. And they were like, oh, we'll sell you one of these purses, and here's, here's, here's how much it costs. And I thought to myself, That's odd. In Ohio, that purse costs four times as much. How is it they have this authentic, real bag, but it would be so much cheaper? Well, I was like, I'm good. I don't need it. I know what it is. It's imitation. No, 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 this is the real deal. And so I leave the store, and sure enough, I'm walking out, and uh, we get to this little road in this little alley, and all of a sudden, you see this trunk open up, and uh, somebody trying to sell purses out of a trunk. How many know if you're selling coach purses out of a, out of a trunk, you probably, they're probably not the real deal. Dude had a Sharpie right in couch, right? I don't know, I don't know but he, but they're, like, they're not the real deal. And here's the deal, they're not going to last as long. Why? Because they're, they're imitation. I don't want to settle for an imitation love of Christ. I want the real deal. I want to experience him in his fullness and for who he is. It, I want it to be genuine. And that's the kind of love that he offers to us. And I wonder how do we regain this perspective of being able to um, not— not let our guard down, but continually chase after this love in this person of Jesus Christ. Let's, let's read in the scripture this morning in verse seven. It says, Dear friends, let us love one another, from, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. God is love. There's, there's things that you can't separate with God, like God in his love. It's kind of like um, if I had a squirt gun, right? How many know that water equals wet? And if I get you wet, how many know that means I have water? So let me give you an example of what that looks like this morning. Um, I'm not saying this gun has water in it, but I'm just saying if it did, and I happened to pull the trigger, what do you think would happen to those of you on the front row? You would get wet. Why? Because when you have water and water is dispersed, you get wet. It's the same way with God's love. When you experience God, you get his love. And when you experience his love, you have found God because the two are not separate, they are together. So when you get water, you get wet. When you get God, you get his love. I'm just such a nice guy, there's no way I'd ever put water in this and squirt you. But I'm just saying that, I'm just saying if I did, you would would probably get wet because there's water. But when I have an opportunity for you to experience God, you're going to get his love. Because you can't separate the two because they are that close together. It says in in 1 John chapter 4 in verse 9, it says, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but he what? He loved us. And he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to what? I love how that verse ends. We ought to. Love one another. You see, Jesus' mission, his purpose, his intent was to demonstrate love and then for us to be able to express that love. See, he lived it. He modeled it. He, 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 he was a fool. He was full of love, right? The scripture says that he was full of grace and truth. He, he was 100% who he said he was. And he demonstrated that love everywhere he went. And now he's saying, listen, I I the love that I have, I now want to give to you. And now I need you to express that love. To who? Others around you. To the person in your row, to the person who lives next door to you, to that family member you can't stand, to that coworker that's always pushing your buttons. That's the person. That's the person who who we should be expressing that love to because the Father has given it to you. Now we are to give it to those around us. 1 Corinthians 13 gives us a great picture, an illustration of what that love is. I know it's not Valentine's Day and it's somewhere plastered on your home. I'm sure you bought a cool picture from Hobby Lobby and so you know what 1 Corinthians 13 says because it says love is what? Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. Love is not proud. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. Love always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, it always perseveres, and love never fails. But the text that we read just a little bit ago says that God is love. And so anywhere you see love in this text, you could put the name of God because he is love, so it would read like this. God is patient. So grateful for that. God is kind. God does not envy. God does not boast. God is not proud. God is not rude. God is not self-seeking. God is not easily angered. God keeps no record of wrongs. How many of you are grateful for that one? Uh, God does not delight in evil, but he rejoices in truth. God always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, and God never fails. So, since we have an an opportunity to experience the love of God and we can experience God, then we understand that those those same things are available to us as we surrender to his love. So, why is it so important to know what love is? Because love is not an emotion. It is a person. And you're like, no, come on, it's emotion, we feel it. In the context of scripture, love is a person and his name is Jesus. You see, hope does have a name. His name is Jesus. Love does have a name and his name is Jesus. And I don't want a fake love. I don't want a forced love. I don't want an imitation love. I don't want a love that, that's anything less than who Jesus is and the sacrifice that he gave for you and for me that we could experience that kind of love, a love that would would truly inspire us and change us to become more like himself. Because when you experience God's love, you want to give God's love, right? The more you get to know it, the more you've experienced, the more that you've walked in it, the more that you have been forgiven, the more you want to forgive. And so why do we want to know what love is? Because we want to be able to walk in that love. We want to be able to treat others the way that, that truly that Christ treats us. And so how do we figure out what this love is? So if you want to find and figure out what God's love is, the first thing you may want to take notes is this. God's love is based upon the giver, not the receiver. God's love is based upon the giver, not the receiver. And what I mean by that is God is asking for nothing. He's not expecting uh, something in return. Now, I know what some of you are like, "No, no, 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 he's going to expect something in return. What I'm saying is you can't do anything to earn it. There's nothing you're going to do. You're not, you're not going to be able to uh, say, God, listen, uh, as soon as I get my life turned around, then I'm going to come to you. And many of us make that. We make that statement like, as soon as I get this area of my life figured out, as soon as I find freedom from this addiction, as soon as—and you, and you fill in that blank. You're never going to be able to clean yourself up enough. Right? If we took—if we just paused and we said, okay, for the next 10 years, we're just going to stay in church. We're not going anywhere. We're not working. We're just going to have the worship team play, and we're going to keep singing. That would be great. That would be awesome. And I would love that. Still wouldn't be enough. Still wouldn't be enough for you to earn the love that he truly wants to freely give to you. Because you you can't buy it. You don't deserve it. God's love is only available through God's grace. It's through his grace. It's through that unmerited favor. It's It's through that unearned favor where we don't deserve it, yet he freely gives it. So sometimes I think we just gotta stop trying to clean ourselves up. I also think we need to stop trying to um, make others in our life earn that kind of love from us. How many know what I'm talking about? Like we, we live in a society, we live in a world where, where, oh, if you love me, then I'll love you back. How about we just become dispensaries of his love, right? Ah, listen, I'm just gonna love you because, because he first loved me. He chose me. And so I don't wanna give that love back to others in every person that I see that I come in, come in contact with. The scripture is, is very clear that we reap what we sow. Reap what you sow. So, so if you find yourself sowing um, unforgiveness or bitterness or resentment, then what do you think you're gonna reap? I would challenge you this way. If you don't like to harvest, change your seeds. Right, change your seeds. You, you think like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna plant, I'm gonna plant aggression and I'm gonna plant anger, uh, 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 fear and I'm gonna plant worry and I'm gonna, I'm gonna plant, and you keep filling in the blank and you're like, oh, how come my harvest keeps coming back this way? is what you're planning. So change the seeds. Begin to sow those seeds of love because then you will reap a harvest of love. We also see God's love as a decision. And it's not a feeling. How many know that if, that if God loved in an earthly way, the way that we love, how many know he would have dumped you a long time ago? He would have, right? He'd be like, for real? Like, this is how our relationship's gonna go? Like, I, you have access to me 24 hours a day because I don't sleep and yet you don't talk to me? Like, did you know that we have a standing breakfast appointment every Sunday at 9 or 11, and you randomly always miss? And you don't call? You don't text? You don't say, I'm sorry? You just don't show up? I'm sorry. It wasn't in my notes. I wasn't supposed to say that the second service. It was only for the first service. My bad. I apologize. I'll I'll get off your toes for a minute. No, but that's what we do. He would have dumped us. Because he's wanting a relationship. He's wanting, he, he's wanting to have this, this relationship with us that's life-giving. He's wanting us to have fellowship and, and conversation through prayer and worship. He's wanting to hear from you. Right? If you never tell your spouse how beautiful they are, will they feel like they're beautiful? No, you gotta tell them. All the time. Day in and day out. And don't lie. Right? Have it come from your heart. You're beautiful. Last, yesterday, Pastor Angel, she had on these uh, uh Camouflage workout pants and a and a sweatshirt, and I helped her pick her out the, these shoes to go with it. And at the end of the day, I was like, you know what, you are beautiful. That you can wear you can wear a running outfit and still be that attractive. I wasn't lying. I was it was honest. I was, I'm good. She's like, but I don't even have any makeup on. I was like, girl, you don't need no makeup. You got an all natural beauty. See how I do? Don't I can give you guys some lessons if you want after service. I'll, you take some cues. No, I'm just kidding. But but here's the deal: is we have. It's, 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 it's a decision, not a feeling. It's a decision. He chose us. Will you choose him? People say it all the time. Oh, I was out last. I met this guy. I fell in love. I met this girl. She's the one. How would I, I didn't even talk to her yet, (laughs) but I feel like I'm in love. Like you fell into it. Like, like it was dog doo doo or something and you just stepped on it. Like I didn't see it. It was an accident. It just happened. Like how do you just fall? Here's the issue. When we say things like, I just, I just fell. I, just, I didn't see it. And di-. One day when the honeymoon's over, right, or the day of the honeymoon, and you're going to wake up, and the person that you fell in love with in the moment doesn't have any makeup, doesn't have their teeth brushed, doesn't have their hair brushed, like green fog coming out of their breath, smelling like dragon's breath in the morning, you're not going to feel like it. But you're going to choose love. You're going to choose the sacrifice. Because it's not a feeling, it's a decision that you get to choose. Couples are coming all the time, I just don't know, I just don't feel. Well, what did you do when you felt it? Go back and do that. Go back and sacrifice. Be the one to make that choice to choose love. Scripture says that we are to pick up our cross daily. Die to self, follow after him. It's a choice you have to do every day. And there are going to be days where you don't feel like it. If we're all being honest this morning from the, the Christian who's super mature or the person who's in the room and you're like, I've never been to church and I don't know who Jesus is and I'm not sure I even like you, redhead. Stop, pray, and let's go home, all right? But here's the deal. You're not always gonna feel because you may not get your way. You may get the horrible diagnoses. You may not have the money. Things may not go your way and you're not gonna feel like picking up your cross and denying yourself and following after Jesus. But I want you to know, it's a choice, it's not a feeling. And in those moments, as tough as it is, you bend down, you pick up that cross and you carried it. And you're gonna carry it because that's exactly what he's doing for you. He's carrying you. And so you have to be willing to make that choice. Number three, if you're taking notes, you wanna see this attribute of God's love, Um, you gotta understand that he gives unconditionally. Expecting nothing in return. John three sixteen. We love it, right? For God so loved the world that He be gave His one and only begotten Son. That whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. And then verse seventeen, which we often miss, but I don't want to miss it. It says, "God did not send His Son into the world to condemn it, the world, but to save what the world through Him." Right? There's hope right here in this passage, and you're like, okay, now, now, what do I have to do? There's no gimmicks. There's no hoax. There's no small fine print at the end of the commercial. He's offering it. He's freely giving his love to each and every one of us. Now, here's the crazy thing, and our brains, our brains can't comprehend it. Because in our in our natural brains, if if we continue to love somebody and they didn't love us back, how many know you go find somebody else to love? But God does the complete opposite. Even when we reject his love, he doesn't move away from us, he stays. He doesn't run and go, well, you rejected me. My feelings are hurt. I don't ever want to talk to you again. And I'm going to unfriend you on social media. No, he, he says, man, I'm going to stay just as close. And when you're ready, I'm going to be right here. And when you're ready to come back to me, when you're ready to experience my love, I'm going to remain the same. Why? Why does he do that? Because we love in pencil. He loves in marker, right? We love in pencil. We want to be able to, oh, if I make a mistake, I need to be able to erase that, right? Oh, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have looked at that. I need to erase that. We're not, remember, love keeps no records of wrong, honey. So you need to forgive and forget. And we just want to erase it. Because sometimes in our life, we feel like love is temporary. But God, he uses a Sharpie. It's permanent, right? Because he's never, end, he's, he's unending and he's never going to change. So the way that he loves you today is the way he's going to love you tomorrow. The way that he loves you tomorrow will be the, the way that he's going to love you on Tuesday. Because that's who he is. That's his character. That's his attribute. When we're talking about his love, God's love is also aggressive and outward focused. And you're like, ah, is it? Is it really aggressive? I mean, Pastor Lance, that's that's a pretty harsh word you're using there. It is, because it's it's never it's never self seeking. It's never selfish. It's always looking out for the interest of other people. Right, we see in the text with, in, in 1 John three sixteen. this is how we know what love is, that Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay it down for the lives of our brothers. It's aggressive because he chose us. It's aggressive because he gave his life for us. It's aggressive because he took the beating. He took the flogging. He shed his blood. We didn't have to. And it's always looking out for the interest of others. You think about the woman who, caught, who was caught in the act of adultery, what did Jesus do? He, he loved her right there in her mess. Why? It was aggressive. It was outward focused. It had nothing to do with him. It had everything to do with her, that she would be able to experience his love in that moment. The woman at the well. I don't know about you, but I like to go from point A to point B. I don't need a, uh, an intentional detour. And yet Jesus takes an intentional detour to meet with this woman who, who by all means was messed up. And yet his love drove and compelled him to travel to her, to meet her. And then she could experience that kind of love. The prodigal son, right? When you break down the, the story of the prodigal son, when the, when the son is uh, he's off doing his own thing and he's squandering all his dad's money, and the scripture says while he was a while off, while he was far away, where was the dad? hanging out on the front porch. One day my son's coming home, and when he does, I'm going after him. And then while he was a far way off, what's the father do? Totally uh, it would be unacceptable in biblical times to be running in his, in his robe. Yet he tucks his robe, and then he takes off for his son. And he, of course, when he gets there, he tells him all the bad things he's done. No, he hugs him and embraces him. Why? Because it's an aggressive love. It's always thinking about the other person. That's who God is. Church this morning, it's, it's, this building isn't about you. It's not about me. Church collectively isn't about you. It's not about me. The heart of Christianity is always about others. It's, 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 it's about making heaven crowded. It's about seeing the kingdom of God expanded and, and take off like never before. That's, that's what church is about. That's what his love is about. Right? I think about the, uh, James and John as they argue, like, who's going to be the greatest? Huh? Where am I going to sit? Do I get to sit at your right hand? guy? where am I going to be? Why, why do we feel like God needs a statue of us in heaven? Like, God, would you remember all the great things I've done? God, would you remember? You remember that one day when Pastor Anthony and, and, and Katie were up here and we were talking about gift cards? God, I didn't take one, I took two. Where's my statue? I'm not saying there's anything wrong with two. I'm just saying you could take a thousand and you, you still don't deserve a statue. Because it's not about you. It's about the kingdom of God. It's about his love. And so because we've experienced his love, because we now walk in his love, we truly want to love other people the way that he loved us, how he chose us, how he, want to, how he went out of his way for other people. Are we willing to go out of our way for other people? That's why we do it. It's aggressive and outward focused. His love is also highly contagious. Let me read verse, verse eight again says, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. His, his love is contagious. When you spend time with the Father, you can't help but begin to love other people. It's, just, it's a natural byproduct. right? When you get water, you get wet. When you get God, you get his love. And when you have love, then you have God. But it becomes a natural byproduct. Here at Radiant Life Church, we talk about our mission all the time, real relationship, life-changing community. Well, Pastor Lance, you're talking all about his love but then you'll, you'll preach about life change. So he does expect something from us. No, hear me on this. Because you've received his love, naturally you want to honor him with your life. It's, it's just a byproduct of the love flowing through you where you begin to change truly from the inside out because you're becoming more like him. Because you've received him, because you've acted in that love. You start treating people differently. You see, I didn't need a video this morning but when I was watching that video, how many know I didn't need all the data, I just needed one? <laughs> but, but, but when I was 20 years old and I was living for myself and I would to watch that video, I'd have been like, hmm, someone should probably do something for those kids. Somebody's gotta be out there that can help them. But as I've come to learn and love and follow after Jesus, my heart breaks, why? Because I see what he sees. I see children who need love, I see children who are hurting and all of them need to know what I what I know. All of them need to experience the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. All of them need to know what the love of Jesus can do in you and through you, how it gives you hope, how it gives you purpose. No matter, no matter. Even on Wednesday night we broke down. Those of you who have an iPhone, or right, you got one of these, mine's old, but you got one of these devices, right? This is great. I love this device. Man, there was a genius behind this device. You know, Steve Jobs' mother was quoted as, Steve Jobs, when he was speaking about his mother, this is what he said, I'm so grateful she gave me up for adoption and didn't terminate my life. Because all life is valuable. All life is valuable. Every single one of you has a purpose. Every single one of you has a destiny. Every single one of you has value this morning. Not because I tell you, but because the word of God says it. It's who he is, it's in his character, it's his attribute. And it's highly contagious. When we begin to walk and live in that love, it affects how we treat others, it affects how we love our neighbors, it affects how we see the world, it affects how we give the missions. I mean, hear my heart. In 2022, just, just so you know, uh, Radiant Life Church is planning a second. We had a campus at Akron. We had to close the campus because of COVID. In 2022, we're relaunching a campus. It may not be in the same spot, but we're relaunching a campus. Actually, we're in talks now. We could be relaunching two or three campuses. Some of you are a little scared right now. It's okay. I'm not sure how we're gonna do it either. I just know God's more than able, all right? Why? Because this love is contagious. And I'm not saying there's not good expressions of love in communities, in Akron, Barberton, Medina, Norton, in other cities. I'm not saying there's not healthy churches in those. I'm just saying there could be more love to go around. And we have to be strategic in that love and, and we have to be willing to, to be sacrificial in that love because it's contagious. Once you've experienced do you want more of it. But you gotta be in proximity to people. Sometimes I think we put up walls. We're like, ah, that person just annoys me. That's probably the person you should be praying for. It's probably the person you should make dinner for. Some of you are like, I'm married to him. I cook to him every day. I'm just kidding. But it's probably the person you should sacrificially love. Why? Because God's love breathes new life. In Genesis chapter two, verse seven, it says the Lord formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being. Real living is found in the pure, authentic love of God. That's where it's found. This morning I have this piece of string. I'm just gonna tie a little knot here. So as I tie that, look at that. As I tie that string around my finger, what's happening is my finger is starting to change colors, turn a little purple. If we wait long enough, it'll probably turn an ashy gray. If we wait even longer, we're not going to wait that long. But what did I do? I, I have this so tight that it's cutting off the blood flow to the tip of my finger. You see, blood, blood is to the body life. It's carrying the oxygen. It's, it's, it's making sure that, that every, every particle, every, every area of our life is able to, to, to have life. That's what blood does. That's what love of the Father does. The same way blood is to our body, love is is to our spiritual life. It's when we're connected to the Father. It's when we're connected to that love. When we don't block off that source that we can love other people well. It's a byproduct. So what happens is we begin to block that love and then our relationships begin to deteriorate. Health in our communities begins to deteriorate. Why? Because, because we've cut off the source of life. But all I have to do this morning is get rid of the block. Get reconnected to the source. Blood begins to flow again. Fingers just fine. And it's the same way in our spiritual life. We have to, we have to remove what's blocking us from that love so we can experience the breath of life. So we can love people when they when they least expect it and least deserve it. So maybe there's someone here, you, you're you like, oh, I know exactly what it is. I know the fortress I've built around my heart for that individual. And I can't love him the way that God wants me to love him because I've, I've cut myself off from God himself and from the source of life. The good news is that it can be reconnected. It can be reconnected. That love, the life-giving love of God that brings joy, that brings peace, that's it's accessible through a relationship with Jesus. So here, our, here's how I'm close service today. I'm just gonna ask one question. How will you respond to God's love for you? How will you respond? You get to choose. You can accept it, you could deny it, you could reject it, or you could embrace it. But you get to choose. So all over this place with your eyes closed for just a moment, how will you respond to God's love? Let me, let me ask it this way. Or let me give you this illustration, I should say. Young boy, 10 years old, he's playing, he's playing ball in the house. And he's heard his parents tell him over and over again, don't play ball in the house, don't play ball in the house. You'll break something. If you break something, there will be consequences. There will be punishment for your action. So sure enough, him and his brother are messing around. They're playing ball in the house. And sure enough, bam, bust the window. So mom comes running around the corner. What did you do? Why did you do that? I told you not to play ball. And then the kid, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And mom says, well, I guess we're gonna have to wait to see what your punishment is when your father gets home. So the kid's anticipating, when's dad getting home from work? When is he getting home from work? And sure enough, dad gets home from work. Kid's peeking out the window, sees dad walking up to the front door and he takes off and he runs up the steps. Dad comes in, hey, what's happening? I don't know, he just took off running up the steps. And dad walks into the bedroom. He finds his 10-year-old son on his knees leaning over the bed and says, dad, I know, you've told me you told me over and over and over again not to play ball in the house and I did it anyway. I didn't listen to you. And now I'm gonna to have to pay the consequences. So dad, I figured I'd just come to my room so you could get it over with. Go ahead, dad, I'm waiting. He leans over the bed. Dad, come on, we don't have all day. Just, just, just spank me, get it over with. I, want, I know there's consequences. And the dad says, son, there's a more important lesson for you to, to learn here. There's a love that I need you to hear me about. He says, son, you're right. There are consequences to your actions. You're right, you did break the window, but I want you to know I'm not, you're not gonna get what you deserve today. And he picks his son up off the ground and he gives him a hug and he says, son, I just want you to know I love you and I'm proud of you. And he says, but dad, what about the window? He says, I'm gonna fix the window. But dad, aren't you upset? I just want you to know I love you and I'm proud of you son and the dad falls to his knees and he takes the spot and he leans over the bed and he says son go ahead I'll take the consequences I'll take the punishment dad I can't there's no way dad you didn't do anything wrong you didn't do anything to deserve this kind of punishment I broke the window it was my guilt I'm the one who didn't listen I'm the one who disobeyed your direct order dad and now you're saying you're going to take the punishment and he says yes son He says, because what I need you to hear is that exactly what Jesus has done for you and for me. He didn't deserve it. He didn't do anything wrong. Yet he took on the weight, the punishment, the sins of the world for you and for me. And he stood in the gap so that we could be forgiven. And you have a choice this morning. You've broken the window. Yet he stands in the gap. Are you willing to receive his love this morning? So whether you're watching online, you're in person, all I want to do is take a moment to pray for you. If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor Lance, I've, I've never received. I've heard about this love. I've never embraced it. I may have denied it and or even rejected it, but in this moment, I'm going to choose to surrender to that love. I want a life-giving relationship with Jesus. I want to experience that love that is that is not about me, it's not self-seeking, it's not rude, it doesn't have to boast. I, want, I, I don't want a love that's, that's full of anger or hatred. I want a love that doesn't keep record of wrongs. I want that kind of love. If that's you, would you just simply raise your hand that I would be able to pray with you this morning to say I'm receiving the love of Jesus. Thank you. Father, this morning we admit We can't do it on our own. And if we tried, we would fail. But it's when we surrender to you that we find freedom. We find wholeness, we find forgiveness, and we find that genuine, authentic love. So God, I pray that we'd be open to receive. God, we would believe with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength that you are the one true Son of God, that you gave your life, that you sacrificed on a cross, that you were buried, but, but three days later, you rose from the dead. Help us in our unbelief. And God, we confess our need, we confess our sins, because God, we need you. But I pray today that we would be able to love the way that you loved us, that it wouldn't, it wouldn't be about us, it would be about you, wouldn't be about our accolades or our our statue or our trophy but God that we would sacrifice in humility putting the interest of others before ourselves God help us to walk in that freedom help us to walk in that love as we draw closer to you God I pray today that in a practical way we'd be able to love our neighbor we'd be able to love ourselves, as we fall deeper in love with you in Jesus name